Hello, everyone. Welcome to Partners in Fright. I'm Joe. And I'm Devin. Uh, and yeah, this is an adventure we're starting where we just review uh, horror movies. More, I guess, unknown movies and campy stuff. Campy, obscure, maybe low budget. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, we thought this was... This is going to be something fun, you know, like a little adventure, and we're glad that you're joining us on this adventure. If you're joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, so we are husband and wife, if you don't know us in real life. Um, We've been married for five years, and our first date was at a horror movie. Yeah, Mama. Yeah, we saw Mama in theaters, Mm -hmm. uh, opening night with a bunch of teenagers. That was an experience. We have the frame ticket. We do. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That goes back a lot for us. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, we we both love movies and, um, yeah, movies are, I know they're a huge chunk of, of my life and it's something that I love sharing with Devin and... Yeah, I'm I'm glad she pushed for this. This is I think this is going to be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So, um every week or at least our plan is to hopefully get a podcast out every week. Um we're going to watch a movie. Um and I'll say that uh, the inspiration for this podcast kind of came from our nostalgia for FearNet. I think it was on Comcast, like a portion of (laughs) Comcast, like on demand, that was just free horror movies and they weren't necessarily that great. Um, But man, that was a chunk of my childhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. After high school, I'd run down to the basement and just stay up late. And watch FearNet movies. And there was a couple gems in there. So I'm pretty excited to, like, just go in and find some more hidden gems. And and I know there's going to be a bunch of, like, eye-rolling and laughing along the way as well. So. For sure. So I think we're going to be... Um, some of these are going to be rewatches. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one of us have seen them before. Um, but either way, we're going to watch a movie. And then we're going to... Come discuss it on the pod. Yeah. Uh, we're going to rate them at the end. So we're going to do a, a scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know each other's ratings. Nope. Um, but we're going to go through, you know, the whole plot of the movie first, just to give you a little rundown. Um, and then share what we thought at the end. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, welcome to Partners in Fright. Uh, this is our first episode, and this time we're going to be watching Drive Through, mm-hmm. which is a 2007 movie about a killer clown from a fast food restaurant <laughs> that is on a rampage killing teenagers. In a California town. Yes. Uh, a revenge story, I would say. Yeah. To put it simply, I guess. I don't know. And it was made in 2007? Yes. It said to that class of 2005 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, we open on some very white kids uh, in a Cadillac. Yeah. 
at a drive-through uh, at a fast food restaurant called Hella Burger. <laughs> <laughs> it's I I don't even know where to begin. Also, the mascot, uh, his name is Horny the Clown, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the theme here. <laughs> so let let's paint a visual picture. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the clown has like flames for hair. Uh, th- yeah. This is the clown on the fast food, uh, like drive-through yep. speaker. Yeah. Um, and all of the food items are hell-related. Very punny. Yeah. Um, the a hella monster burger mm-hmm. uh, is one of the items, one of the specials, yeah. I guess. Um, anyway, so these very white kids, one of them named Tommy has, uh, cornrows, which, uh, I loved. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I think one of them is getting a blowjob in the backseat. Uh, the other ones are smoking weed. Um, yeah. very stereotypical very... teenager material, I guess. Yeah. The, I, my first note here is opening, yo, B-side, as... <laughs> I I don't think I've rolled my eyes hard enough at any other movie. I would say this is a strong opening, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I, I just oh god, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so these kids are at the drive-through. Um, the drive-through speaker, like the voice on the other line, is saying weird things, but it, it kind of is made out mm-hmm. to seem like their imagination. Um, and then Tommy's like, wait, what? And then they're like, you know, oh, can I take your order? Right, right. Yeah. So we're kind of like, is this happening? Is it not happening? But it's ve- done very poorly. <laughs> um. Okay, so Tommy is frustrated, I think, that he's hearing things from the drive through speaker man. I guess so, yeah. He has a very short fuse. It seems that way. Because then immediately he pulled out his gun. Right. Oh, yeah, they have guns, by the way, apparently. Um. Yeah, I wrote, uh, gun out of nowhere, no instigation, really. Um, and mm-hmm. you would think he just had, like, some post-nut clarity, so <laughs> hopefully he wouldn't go on a murderous rampage. But he goes into the Hella Burger. Yeah, which, by the way, the lights are off. Right. And he... Goes in there screaming, where are my fries, yo? You would think you'd put two and two together. Yeah, so nobody's in there. You gotta Um, move the plot along. (laughs) Uh, He pulls out his gun. Um, He's looking around. And then we get our first glimpse of Horny the Clown. Uh, Great boots was my note. (laughs) Actually, right before that, I have a note here that says, five minutes in and we already have a Dutch angle and a jump scare. (laughs) He goes in the freezer and there's a little rat, which, by the way, there's a lot of movies that do that where there's tension and build up and then it's the fake jump scare. And then the character's like, okay, all right, everything's cool. I feel like if I was in like a blacked out restaurant, I would still have a sense of like unease. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, uh, Horny the Clown comes out. Uh, so he is dressed up in like, like, like a, a metal-ish outfit. Like a jumpsuit, I guess. Um, Yeah, like skin-tight jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of shiny, like silver flames, mostly black. And his knife. He has a... He has, 
It's like a cleaver, I think. Yeah, or like an axe. And it has little flames on it. Yeah. The metal is in a shape of a flame. It's really odd. (laughs) Uh, So a really large axe. (laughs) And he has a drive through speaker, like, in his mask. So when he talks, it's like almost like a Darth Vader, like, voice effect. It it kind of reminded me of um, Ghostface from Scream, where he held that, like... Yeah. Modulator or something. Yeah. But inside the mask. Yeah. But seriously, great boots. Um, <laughs> just like platform. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, punk rock boots, I guess. I would say so. Yeah. And then the horny the clown mask. So that Tommy dies in the deep fryer. Which, by the way, awful CG. It's. I don't even think it was CG. It looked like a wax, like it. It did have a wax cover, like on his face. But from that shot to the next shot of it coming oh. off, there's a little transition. And throughout the movie, there's like a couple little, like computers and TVs when the characters are interacting with them and watching whatever's on it. Uh, clearly it's CG and just very like poorly done CG. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah. So his other friend comes in, um, looking for his fries, (laughs) uh, finds Tommy face down in the deep fryer. And like we said, his face just kind of slides off kind of like house of wax reminiscent. A little bit. Um, and then we cut, uh, I, I wrote, do the girls die? Spoiler alert, we do see them later, and they do <laughs> indeed die. Uh, but I was very confused as to, like, what happened with the girls. Like, you know, yeah. how do they find the guys dead? Do they find them? Do they just leave? I don't know. Right. Um, so then we open on the banner of high school sucks, then you die, class of 05. Um, this is the opening title sequence. We see, like... A burning Helleburger flyer mixed in with a montage of what appears to be our main character uh, playing guitar, singing with a group of her girlfriends. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a main character at first. I didn't realize that was Leighton Meester. And I thought it was just like, you know. Scotty doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This really reminded me of like Freaky Friday. uh, Oh, yeah. The remake, obviously, with Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Lindsay Lindsay Lohan. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the vibe of her band. Penn Badgley is in this. Yeah. Uh, Also, Morgan Spurlock from Super Size Me. I have a note here that says uh, Morgan Spurlock Arrow. Uh, second attempt that supersized me. I feel like was he the guy that played the cashier later on? Yep, with the handlebar mustache, oh the same gosh. handlebar mustache. Buckle up for that <laughs> scene later on. <laughs> um. Okay, so I wrote that it seemed uh, like obviously very low budget, but it seemed very accurate of like a backyard high school party, just like <laughs> shitty. Right. Uh, you know patio tables and pool floaties and yep exactly (laughs) i did write down that the drummer and the bassist and the band were super attractive um but they look at least 28 not 18 (laughs) i I, I just want to say just cast the drummer or any actual musician 
when you like listen to the music and watch them play, especially the drummer, when you can see where they when they hit on the drum, it was very off. So nothing like Metallica fans picking up on mm-hmm. Eddie Munson oh my God. Uh, doing yeah. the, the finger work for Master of Puppets. Exactly. Yeah. So immediately we find out that Mac, our main character, is jailbait. Um, she reminds me of Amanda Bynes. Um, <laughs> so also clarification, I have watched this movie before. I watched it a lot when I was in middle school and I fucking love this movie. <laughs> um, now looking back on it, I don't know why, but I don't know. It, it does give off like these weird, like freaky Friday, like girl movies, like Amanda Bynes, like mm. she's the man kind of like. So you've seen this more than once? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you just watched it the once. No, it was like a cult following for me. So it doesn't hold up? No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll get into it later. Um, So she makes a a comment to her boyfriend, Fisher. Mm -hmm. um, And I didn't realize what his name was until like halfway through the movie. She wants to wait for sex um, and makes a lot of comments on, like, she can vote when she's 18, she can buy cigarettes, mm-hmm. but she asks for a beer, so clearly I'm not sure her priorities are in the right place. So after Matt gets the beer, she, like, sprays it on these cool kids who are making out in the hot tub, which is, like, fuel for a makeout session with her boyfriend, because uh, apparently that was, like, a really badass move. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just seemed really like out of place um yeah it feels weird the steps in this so then mac and her friends go back and s- like inside i mm-hmm. like i was questioning whether this was like a trailer or like a basement i thought it was uh like a pool house okay that makes more sense yeah i wrote in all caps pen batchley has a lip piercing and braces um he had braces he did he had braces, oh, and I was like, did they put braces on him to make him look, like, younger? Because all these kids look like they're in their 30s, and we're trying to pass them for right. high school kids. They like, gave him a really sweet arm tattoo, by the way. What is it? What was his it arm was, tattoo? It was on his right bicep, and it was, like, barbed wire or something, like a wraparound oh above God. his elbow. So they're all smoking, I guess. And then Mackenzie is talking about college with Fisher... Fisher's going to college in New York. She wants to go with him, but she's going to Berkeley. Uh, I thought this was going to be an important, like, plot decision later. Like, oh, you know, I know that I'm going to go to New York with you now. Or, like, I'm going to do anything that I can to be with you later. But, like, no, this never comes up ever again. It doesn't. And I thought... Like you, I thought it was going to come up again and be something more important than what it actually was. Uh, But I think it was just, like, furthering the point that they're in high school, I guess. Which we have so many examples of that, especially the beginning. Already. Yeah. And we we get it. We understand. It feels like the writers were spoon-feeding us details and story and just beating us over the head with it. So then, oh, they bring out a Ouija board, mm-hmm. which, like, g- classic teenage horror movie, right? Um, they bring out a Ouija board. This was when their friends were still there. They had, like, brought it out. And I guess then they got high and forgot about it. I don't know. I guess. 
Um, Mac and her boyfriend are making out, and then they get a message of N-I-K-L-P-L-8, California. Oh, wow, you wrote it all down. I did write it down. <laughs> uh, and oh, and I, I just wanted to say... Every time that there's a Ouija board in a movie or a show, there's always the one person who has to explain the rules. Of how to use the Ouija board, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, every single time. Okay, everyone touch... Uh, what is that called? The, the planchette. Yeah, everyone touched the planchette. Okay, now we have to ask questions every single time. Yes or no questions. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and then the rules don't apply when a ghost moves it, I guess. Uh, which we're, that's where we're assuming this is at this point. Um, honestly, we never get an answer as to how or why uh, this Ouija board moves on its own. Yeah. Um, and weirdly enough, Fisher and Mackenzie are not like perturbed by it. At first, they're like, oh, oh, what was that? And then they're just kind of cool with it. They're like, okay, well, okay, let me write down what it's trying to say to us. Yeah, and then they, like, forget about it. They go back to making out. Yeah, it was really odd. (laughs) Uh, So then immediately we cut back to the girls in the car that we left earlier that I was wondering uh, what happened to them. Mm -hmm. They definitely die. (laughs) Uh, 100%. And then the brother from According to Jim... Is there... He's, like, the police chief. He's eating Doritos. Larry Joe Campbell. Um, his name is Dwayne Crockers. Mm-hmm. And he has a partner named Chase. Um, and everyone keeps getting their names wrong. Um, I think they call them Cheese and Crackers at one point. I guess. What does... How does that further along the story? That Crackers thing keeps coming up throughout the whole goddamn movie. I mean, I think it's supposed to be funny, but it was really, like, it really deadpanned. Yeah, after the fifth time, I think. There's even a scene where they mention it, like, two or three different times at once. He's like, oh, my God, I get it. And also the, what's the detective name? Her, What's her name? Chase. Always has to be that tough detective. She's all about her job, and she doesn't have, like, a personal life kind of thing. I thought of uh, Deborah Morgan from Dexter when uh, yeah. I first saw her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, Janice from The Office plays Mackenzie's mom. Um, Mrs. Carpenter. Later we find out her name is Marsha. Um, the dad, Mr. Carpenter, he loves Hella Monster Burgers. In particular, he loves the commercial for the Hella Monster Burger from Hello Burger. Um, everyone sees the news report of these teenagers that died in a car and Fisher calls everyone over from like two feet away. He's like, (laughs) guys, come here and watch this. But like, they're right there. Like they're all already watching it. Uh, so I guess everybody finds out that like these kids from their high school died. Um, and then we open on their high school, uh, Blanca Carne is the name of the high school. Max camera is missing major plot point i guess (laughs) so uh, that was the part i was kind of confused about was like when did they make that connection that it was yeah i really don't know because we see fisher taking photos at the party last night uh with Mackenzie's camera he presumably has it all night with him but then it goes missing uh but then in the scene fisher is like oh, your camera's still missing? As if he wasn't just taking photos with it last night. Yeah. It, it, it kind of felt like there were examples of him where I thought, oh, maybe he was the killer. Because he would do these odd little things. And, like, 
later on he would like disappear and then people get murdered and then you see him yeah really he was weird he was definitely suspicious and mm. maybe that's just like pre-existing bias from like scream because like later on she loses her virginity to him and i just like immediately thought he was gonna be uh, the killer yeah, yeah um but so they're at the locker um they're at Mackenzie's locker talking about uh, when they can finally have sex when she turns 18. And they're talking to a magic eight ball that she just randomly has in her and locker. Why? Yeah. <laughs> because that's a normal thing for high school kids to have in their lockers in 2005. What, what did you, what do you keep in your locker in high school? Um, in high, in high school, I didn't even use my locker. Same. I had nothing in my locker. In Same. middle school, I did go all out. I decorated my locker. I think I had like band photos in there. Really? Scented highlighters. Yeah. What was your favorite scent? Banana. <laughs> <laughs> um, and someone actually stole it, too. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like lockers were a bigger thing in middle school, though, because it was like they were new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she has a magic eight ball in the locker. They're, like, asking it questions. And then all of a sudden it starts, like giving very specific messages to Mackenzie. And she's, like, not freaked out about this. She starts talking to it. She's like very calm about it. Yeah, she's like, who are you? Like, what do you want from me? And um, it gives her a message of a broken heart. Um, mm-hmm. Immediately, we find out who has the broken heart. Like, it's not even like, oh, it's a mystery who has the broken heart. Like, yeah. immediately after, two it, seconds later. It cuts right to her friend. Yeah, hey, the drummer. You... Yeah, yeah. And she had, she's talking on the phone, and she has a broken heart tattoo on her lower back. Which, by the way, they showed a, a close-up of it. And she said she, she just got it. But there was, like... The hair that grew like there's no way it was it was well, fresh yeah. so she says she just got it but mm-hmm. she's in like the lockers like at the high school so like yeah it, she went to a tattoo parlor got this tattoo and then went back to the high school at, like 7 p.m and is talking on the phone with her friend who is also still at the high school like i really yeah. don't know clearly a lot of thought was put in yes to the <laughs> timeline <laughs> So she's talking to Mackenzie on her phone. She does mention that she got a new tattoo. Um, but Mackenzie, like, she won't tell Mackenzie what it is. Uh, so we, she, Mackenzie doesn't know that it's a broken heart thing. She can't warn her. Um, we see Horny the Clown behind her in the lockers. That name. <laughs> and she, uh, he jumps her. Um, we don't see her die yet uh mac is also at the school like in another part of the school i don't know how large this high school is um, apparently massive and apparently no one goes to the school right because it, it's completely <laughs> empty well it's also like 9 p.m at the high school so oh that's right okay yeah yeah so mac is at school she's like working on a paper or something uh, working on yearbook stuff and a janitor named lenny <laughs> comes in with the worst uh, fake teeth I've ever seen. Like, 80% gums. Yeah, it's pretty atrocious. Little, like, golden brown tints. Stubs, (laughs) yeah. So he finds her camera. So this was a very short uh, mystery in the plot. Yeah. Immediately finds her camera. So uh, Max starts developing those pictures in in the dark room. 
Um, she finds the pictures that F- Fisher was taking in the party the night before and then finds photos from the crime scene of the four kids in the catalog that we had seen earlier. Exactly. So I just want to say something real quick. So when he found her camera, she, towards the end of the conversation, she was like, oh, I, where, where'd you find this? And he goes, ha, 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 you don't want to know. And that's it. They never go back to it. You're like... <laughs> What the hell was it? Was very and spoiler weird. alert, he doesn't come back because we find him hanging <laughs> in the bathroom later. Yeah, so. <laughs> in, in my notes, I have prediction that something will be in the developed film. My next note called it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she finds photos from the crime scene and then develops a photo that is of herself in that moment. In that moment. Do they not understand how film, like, photos work? Like, immediately, like, develops well, the this, photo and you sh- this she sees like herself. Yeah, this is, like, the second example of something spiritually... Well, third. Like magic. So it was the Ouija board moving around all by itself. And then it was the magic eight ball. And now this film. Photo. Yeah, so I was trying to figure out, like, who was behind this and if it was then clearly it's somebody not right it seems like a ghost maybe like a spiritual guide right so as soon as she sees the photo of herself um horny comes out of the shadows Mm -hmm. um i made a note the axe is so plastic looking but yet when he drops it on the ground it makes a (laughs) metal clanging yeah (laughs) The loudest metal noise. Um, then we go into my favorite death scene, um, which I think is one of the only scenes that stuck with me from this movie from watching it 10 plus years ago, which is Val inexplicably chained to like to a microwave. Like the microwave is just kind of sitting on her head, like with a hole cut out of the bottom. And somehow it's ru- she's in the middle of this room. No extension cord. Not plugged in. <laughs> Clearly a hole in the bottom. How is this thing running? Fourth incident of magic occurring mm-hmm. uh, in a killer clown movie. Yeah. Um, her head explodes. Horny is just makes the best comments when he's killing these teenagers. <laughs> um, wants to put his horn dog in her tight little buns. That is a direct quotation. Uh, <laughs> not, not subtle at all. No. Um... It's supposed to be campy, but it's, like, a level of, like, I don't know. Am I... I'm not laughing. I'm a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like... uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lenny, again, is hanging in the bathroom. Uh, And then we cut to the, the police station, which is there where we see this commercial of, like, softcore porn. Uh... All the policemen in the station are, like, watching this commercial while eating Hello Burger. Um, and it's, I mean, it's very... And it's a commercial for Hello Burger. Yeah. Like, it has food in it covering... I guess it's kind of like, what, the Carl's Jr. ads, but, like, way worse. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's also a George Bush photo hanging in the in the yeah. <laughs> office. I, I have that in my notes. <laughs> The beginning of the movie has a lot of really strong political opinions for, like, yeah, a, 
a B-rated horror movie. You know, it's really odd. I Yeah, they do make a lot of political references. I was um, like, is this subliminal? But it it was it wasn't really hidden. It was smack dab in between uh cheese and crackers in the sheriff's department. Yeah. Clear as day. <laughs> Just George Bush hanging on the wall. So after the police station, uh Mac is now napping with a steak knife. She's very on edge. Oh yeah. She woke right up. And tried to stab someone. Yeah. Fisher comments on Horny being a lovable son of a bitch. I didn't catch that. Everyone is, like, really enamored with this clown. uh, And they're really disturbed by the fact that there could be uh, someone using him as a mascot and murdering these kids. I noticed that Fisher seemed so hurt that this, like, beloved clown has, like, something to do with this. Because Mackenzie brought up that it could be Horny the Clown. And, I don't know, it came off as he was just so, like, his idol, his childhood hero had something to do with this. And then it doesn't really come back up later on in the movie at all. Yeah. I made a comment that, oh, so the police go to the Helleberger owner's house whose name is Jack Benjamin. Mm-hmm. I made a note he looks like Ron Perlman to me. A little bit. A but little he's bit. very clearly made out to be like a spiritual sister to the king from Burger King. Yeah, definitely. Like even his hair looks fake. Like it looks plasticky like how that like the king's like mask looks sculpted. Yeah. Yeah. And when they were the detective was heading over there she had, like, her glasses and her hair down. Uh, I wrote down, uh, she looks like Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That just popped in my head, but it looked oh very similar. I couldn't stop staring. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we get the cheese and crackers bit. I Like, Jack Benjamin <laughs> just keeps calling them cheese and crackers, I, and he's like, crackers, <laughs> and he's like, that's what I said. I, I wrote down, what is this goddamn obsession with crackers, crackers? <laughs> I was kind of getting really, like, frustrated. It kept coming up. (laughs) It adds nothing to the story. Maybe Uh. that was, like, we were supposed to see it as his motivation for maybe being the killer. Like, no one can get his name right, so he's just on this murderous rampage. Yeah, but if you you know what Larry Joe Campbell looks like, he has a giant gut. And and horny... (laughs) Jeez. Horny is like he's pretty skinny. Yeah, he's very skinny, yeah. In the jumpsuit. And... So anyway, we learned that the original Horny, like the guy who played him in the commercials on TV, was Archie Benjamin's son, mm-hmm. who had passed away. Also, I wrote down that Jack pulls up like Windows ninety eight on his computer. <laughs> I saw that the, uh, the Rolling Hills. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. like. Pulls up a video surveillance tape, like, of Horny. Like, not his son, the old Horny. Oh, my God. I can't stop. (laughs) I can't stop saying Horny. But from the night where they killed the first characters that we see. Yeah, so somehow he has, like, this surveillance footage. Which, by the way, he told the cops that he did not have any surveillance footage and that his cameras were just for show. Yeah. Um, Also, like, this place is... I don't know. I don't really understand, like, how large this franchise is. Like, there are multiple locations of Helleberger that we see in the movie. But, like, 
I mean, it seems like it's just limited to this Californian town, and, like, they have multi-million dollar advertising budget. And the dude's house is, like, a mansion. Yeah. Like, we see more later on of his house, but, like, it is really, like, it, it is a mansion. Later, we open on Mac in her bedroom. She says that she's playing Highway to Hell to look for messages (laughs) because apparently was playing on the car stereo when they found the four kids from the beginning of the movie. It's not Highway to Hell. Clearly not. I don't know if they couldn't pay the, like, royalties for that. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) So they were just like, yeah, this is Highway to Hell. Like, and you could hear the music. Very clearly. It was very clear, and... If they knew that they couldn't get money to use the actual song, I would have just thought, like, oh, have her with headphones and you hear it super muffled. And then she takes headphones off and turns it off. And Oh, yeah, I was listening to Highway Yeah, to no, it was, like, playing for, like, a minute straight. And we were like, this is not Highway to Hell. Yeah, it took you right out of the movie. Yeah. And this movie is full immersion. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fisher shows up. In her bedroom. Uh, like in a, a jumpsuit. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote down a weird <laughs> pantsuit. <But> like, <laughs> just like, like, think of like electrician, like overall type outfit. Yeah. Um, and we don't know why. And she decides that she wants to have sex a day early for like an early birthday present. Um, and then she's talking to her mom through the door. Um, and then we learn why Fisher's wearing this like really weird pantsuit. Um, they have a school carnival mm-hmm. that she's getting ready for. Um, her mom doesn't want her to go because of all the murders. Um, and now Val, her friend who we clearly see she died, her head exploded, but nobody mm-hmm. else knows that yet is missing. And she doesn't want her to go out uh, to this carnival, which is the one most realistic thing in this whole movie. Yeah. A parent not letting the kid go out because there's murders in town. I mean, it wasn't very realistic that she was like, why is your door locked? And she's like, oh, just go away. And like, <laughs> she's like, immediately is, is Fisher in there? Yeah, and no. yeah, like as a parent, you would not believe that for one second. So she just kind of ignored it. They do have sex, which I thought was going to come back as like a oh they had sex, like somebody's gonna die, you know, like yeah, I, it, it was, didn't it, affect the story at all. Honestly, it was just like a plot device so that we could see Mac in her underwear. Yeah, but other than that, it was very PG. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, more PG than the softcore porn. <laughs> the yeah. 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 Also, he kept his socks on, which is <laughs> one of my biggest pen peeves to see. And then they pan down to the Etch-A-Sketch yeah. that he was playing with earlier on the floor, and it <laughs> displays a message of I Heart Bush. Yeah. And, like, you could see it draw... On the Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. It wasn't like the camera panned down and that message was already there. Right. So Fisher for sure did not write it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down that this was kind of like Final Destination-esque uh, premonitions, maybe. Which is funny because Fisher is in Final Destination 4, I think. Right. Three or 4. Yeah. yeah. I remember you mentioning that. So... Mac, they're at, they're at the carnival now, and Mac is dressed up as Elvira. I don't understand who Fisher was meant to be. Do you? I thought it was, um, what's his face from House of Wax? Oh, really? Uh, Jared Padalecki. 
Jared Padalecki's character. Yeah, because doesn't he have kind of like a, a jumpsuit on and half his face gets... Yeah, I guess so. Fisher had makeup where, like, you could see, like, half his skull, kind of. I don't know if that's the same time. I don't know when House of Wax came out. I think around the same time. I don't know. Okay. I thought maybe it was just a small little, like, nod. Yeah. A little wink. I don't know. So they, they're at the haunted house at the carnival. Um, They're, like, working it. Max said she mm-hmm. had to work it for yearbook. But weirdly, she's not taking any photos. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the popular couple earlier that she sprayed beer on uh, came up to them at the haunted house. Mm -hmm. I wrote down that they look like a blonde brother and sister duo. Like, they look look exactly the same. Yep. Uh, And, of course, his name is Chad. The guy's name is Chad. The girl's name is Tina. She has an I Heart Bush shirt on. Another political reference. uh, Mm -hmm. But... And it's a crop top, by the way. Not sure if that makes a difference. Now we know where that premonition is leading. Mm-hmm. Um, Next victim. This haunted house is so sophisticated for a high school carnival. Yeah. Like, it looks it, like a ride straight out of Disney World. That's right. The whole lap bars and it's on a track going through the... Yeah. Like, it's like full-blown, like, an electrical ride with mm-hmm. the track. Chad and Tina are boning but not like inconspicuously just like Im- immediately in like <laughs> yeah. the loading area of the ride like right in this little like graveyard section right off to the side of the track yeah and we think that maybe like he's getting ready to sneeze <laughs> <laughs> the facial his, expression his face yeah <laughs> tina's pissed at him because he didn't wait for her um they get on the ride and then immediately we know uh where this is going Horny's gonna show up chad gets decapitated but it doesn't make much physical sense i wrote down that it reminded me of like the sandworm from beetlejuice when he like comes out like oh yeah i don't know his head is just like hanging back in a way and his tongue is like half out of his head i don't think it made much logical sense and the tongue was like still trying to talk it's like bouncing. yeah yeah honestly like pretty good practical effects like makeup in this Mm -hmm. movie yeah yeah definitely um we see fisher like crying in a corner so like he's being like held captive by horny that i didn't really understand so he like see he clearly is seeing like horny kill the murders yeah it looked like Horny saw Fisher, Fisher witness him, but then he, like, left him. Yeah, he just left him. So not sure where that was going. Then we see um, Mac dressed up as Elvira with her parents. I don't know the dad's name, um, but Marsha, her mm-hmm. mom. Her dad's eating, like, a hella chili burger. I don't know. It looked gross. It looked disgusting. <laughs> Marsha's old friend. I don't know. I kept calling her Janice uh, from The Office. Oh, yeah. Um... Which, like, honestly, that was all that I could think of, seeing her on screen. But Bert recognizes Marsha. He's a friend from high school. And Tina's dad. Tina's the one that just got killed uh, in the I Heart Bush shirt. Yeah. Um. So he's like, I don't really know where my daughter's been. But they they talk about the kids that have been murdered and reference the parents' names. Um. So it's looking like a parental murder cover-up a la Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I had, I was like, I remember thinking, finally, like some air. The story is finally... Going somewhere. Progressing. You're like, okay, 
all right, this makes sense. I guess. Yeah. Okay, so Elvira and the hot bassist, they find some blood. That's her they name. don't Hot bassist? I, I could not catch her name. <laughs> Neither could I. Her and Penn Badgley, I just have his Penn Badgley and hot bassist. <laughs> um, so they find some blood. They don't find the bodies, though. Don't know where the bodies are. Um, oh, that's right. There's just a lot of blood. And then they find Fisher, and he's, like, shocked. He's in shock. He, like, can't move. He yeah. honestly looks kind of like a mannequin. They take Fisher away in an ambulance uh, with a police escort because they mm-hmm. think that he might have something to do with these murders. Right. And they tell Mac, like, go home, get some sleep. You can see Fisher, like, when you wake up or whatever, mm-hmm. when visiting hours start. Mac goes home. She's asleep. She wakes up. And she finds the I Heart Bush message finally and runs to the hospital. Mac puts two and two together, apparently after listening to that very short conversation that Bert and her mom had about um, a potential murder plot mm-hmm. of, like, parents. Right. So Mac confronts her about it, and Chase, uh, the Deborah Morgan-type cop, oh, yeah. is listening in around the corner. And Mac gets, like, super deep with her mom. She's like, I can see it in your eyes. You know something. Yeah, and the, her mom just leaves. Yeah. Like, she just leaves her daughter at the hospital. Yeah. I mean, she is a day away from 18, so I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so Chase questions Bert now about Horny the Clown. And we don't see that conversation happen, uh, but we assume, you know, we know what's going on. Right a la Nightmare on Elm Street. So still at the hospital, Fisher like dumps his pills in his burger and I really had no idea where this was going, but he like breaks a glass on the ground and crackers, not crackers, like wakes up and comes over and eats this half, it's not even a full burger, it's half eaten and he's like, are you going to eat that? It, so that just tells me that Fisher knew that Crackers was going to like come over and eat his burger. Yeah. And like that's Fisher, some, that's fat shaming right there. <laughs> he drugged a man. Like Fisher <laughs> Fisher had a pill that he knew would Yeah, like what knock the him fuck out. were they giving him in the hospital? Yeah. He, he was there because he was in shock and they're giving him like what? I, like I, he had a pill that he knew horse that tranquilizers? It, would, it would knock him on his ass. Yeah. So and, that he could escape. Yeah, so he just threw it on a burger and threw yeah. some ketchup on there and, and just knew that crackers would, like, and a, come over and presumably ate the whole thing, too. Like He still had a good joke in his, in his hand, like, the next scene when... And, like, that's one pill. One pill. And it, like, knocked that man out. Mm-hmm. And he was not a small man. <laughs> like, he was larger than Fisher. Oh, yeah. So that would have killed Fisher if he ate it. So that happens. Uh... By the way, Mac is wearing the coolest outfit I've ever seen. Camo cargo capri shorts. <laughs> so I wrote one third bad writing, one third McDonald's, one third Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is. Oh my God. 
It really, yeah. No, that's an Avril Lavigne outfit oh, if absolutely. I've ever seen one. Yeah. She's at the vending machine and she gets like a clown toy with a note that says, see you at 420. Then she makes her way to her car. Fisher's like... In the backseat. In the backseat of her car and like full on like... Puts his hand over her mouth. Yeah, so she like doesn't scream in an empty parking lot in the in the only car that's in the parking lot as if... If she yelled, it would make a difference. But, like, it's not like they're strangers. Like, he could just be like, hey. Hey, It's me, yeah. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Very odd actions of this young Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh, this is, I'm a little fuzzy on this plot point. Mac tells Fisher about the note that she just got in the clown toy. And it says, see you at 420. If Fisher calls someone, I don't know who he calls. I think he's calling Penn Badgley's character. I think so. And is like, do you know anything about like 420? Like, does someone have a tattoo of of 420? Yeah, they thought it was another tattoo message. It's not. And then Penn immediately knew, oh, yeah, these guys. Yeah, it's like it's like a group of people. Like, and I guess they hang out at two guys and a girl, and they hang out at the fun place, which is another Hella Burger establishment. Yeah, um, it seems like a regular Hella Burger just with like a kitty play zone. Mm-hmm. Also, like Mac puts together that like one of the guys that's in this four twenty boys is like the dad of her mom's old boyfriend Chuck Taylor. Yeah. Like the shoe, and she's like Charles Taylor. I don't know how the hell she made that connection. So I don't know clearly. Who the fuck, my mom dated in high school. Why would she know this information? <laughs> right. <laughs> like it seems like she's a typical teenager where she like hates her mom. Like it doesn't seem like that would be a conversation yeah. they have had in the past. Well, yeah. Okay, so then we open up on this fun place. So many things are happening in this scene. Like I could not keep it straight. Uh, so there's like. Three people, which are like the 420 boys, uh, they're high, obviously. It goes without saying. They go into this fun place. Mm-hmm. Um, the two guys are like in the ball pit area. And then the yeah. girl is like ordering food for all of them. They're, From a cashier. Yeah. Who is... Morgan Spurlock. Yes. From Super Size Me. I didn't make that connection. I did make the connection that this is the second man in the movie that we've seen rub his nipples. Um, I saw that. It's a real quick. Yeah, it was so fast. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like rubbing his nipples uh, and... Staring at this girl ordering food. Yeah. And then she's like looking up at the menu board and then she looks down and he like quickly like drops his arms. Oh, you know, what can I get you kind of deal? Yeah, but he's, like, still talking about, like, the horn dog special. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, (laughs) So she's, like, I mean, she's high out of her gourd, so she probably uh, is not, like, getting weird vibes from this guy. Mm -hmm. And she asks where the shitter is, and he says something about language, even though 90% of this menu has hell in it. So, yeah, I don't know. Real shocker, horny rises from the ball pit. (laughs) Axes the blonde guy, um, and like fast motion kills the other guy. Actually, before that, the kids or the guys were in the ball pit, and then Morgan Spurlock's character like did this weird like oh yeah jump over the counter, act like a action he did like hero, a barrel roll, and like was yelling at the guys to get out of the ball pit, and then he went to call for like backup or something. It was really bizarre. I just remember thinking it was like. 
wow, he really loves his job. Like, why does he love working at, at this place so much? He took it way too seriously. It was really bizarre. Like, they could have nixed that interaction completely. It just felt very, like, forced. Yeah. It was really weird. Oh, so while Horny is, like, killing these two guys, we do get a Shining reference from him, which I appreciated. We have two Shining references. Yeah. 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 I mean, they were <laughs> in the same breath, so I kind of counted it as one. And the other Horny, that we, like, cut to the counter again where Robbie, the cashier, is. And then there's, like, another Horny the Clown. Like, there's, like, a mascot. Like, not the one that's killing people but, like, a true, like, mascot, like, meeting yep. kids. And he's, like, smoking a joint behind like, the cash. Right yeah. In the, yeah. <laughs> right in the open. So, Robbie has, like, a problem with... Language. Language. Like, yeah, Captain, very Captain America language. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, has a problem with the two guys, <laughs> you know... <laughs> High out of their minds, pissing in the ball pit, but then is fine with his coworker just lighting up Robbie, behind the cash register. Robbie has a handlebar mustache, and I just pictured Captain America with a handlebar, a handlebar mustache. mustache. Uh, rubbing his nipples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so after that death scene, um, which like really has no impact, like it was kind of just like a gratuitous like death scene. Yeah. Um, Marsha and Mac have the, the convo mm -hmm. about what the parents did. Yep. Um, Marsha's friends used to hang out and hotbox in a white van with flames on the side. Um, and they made fun of Jack Benjamin's son, Archie Benjamin, who presumably, I don't know, he was a loner. He Had was weird. no friends and just... You know, very stereotypical, uh, weird guy. Yeah. He had a crush on Marsha, though, um, and apparently they tormented him so much that he dropped out of school and then just, like, full-time, like, started Worked working. at his parents, or his father's, like, burger joint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he played Horny the Clown there. And she says that he died in this fire, um, and it's just straight up, we killed him. Uh, yeah, and, like, so, like, my thing was, in that scene... He's sitting in the restaurant with a birthday cake, all of these RSVPs. Yeah. And no one showed, but then Marsha was at the front door. Yeah, so they, they arranged, like, an elaborate plot to, like, I guess, make fun of him more. Uh, as if this kid, art like, needs, like... Right. To be made fun of more, like, he's alone on his 18th birthday in his dad's restaurant, you know, having cake by himself. So, yeah, they, like, they make Marsha, like, the bait, and then, like, all her other friends are inside the restaurant, and, like, her boyfriend, Chuck Taylor, <laughs> which I can't get over, by the way, <laughs> like, puts on this clown mask and, like, scares, scares him. him, and then he, like, I guess knocks his head or something, like... I don't know. He walks all the way over to, like, the front door. Right. And apparently he somehow fell and then landed back to where this table was knocked over the table and had candles on the birthday cake yeah and he like knocked himself out I yeah guess. so he's like passed out marcia's like at the door like mm -hmm. young marcia and she's like oh like oh no like you know and this is bad runs away and, and then uh, all these kids just like they leave yeah they see the fire starting and this kid 
just laying on the ground. And they're like, oh, shit, gotta go. And they just leave him. So now Marsha, present day, is saying, uh, it, you know, we tried to convince ourselves it wasn't our fault. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you guys clearly saw that the place was going to like go up in flames and you just left him. Yeah. So now apparently Archie is killing everyone who is 18 and yeah. who's like the, the kids of, you know, the people that fucked him over. Exactly. Yeah. The scene changes very abruptly. We've got Penn Badgley in questionable blackface. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Um, <laughs> the hot bassist, uh, Fisher, and then Mac. And they're mm-hmm. all outside of Jack Benjamin's place planning to do I don't know what. They they said that they're looking for a freezer because every murderer has a freezer that they're putting bodies in. Yeah, and drum roll, please. Mackenzie just pulled out this gigantic ass handgun. Yeah. Out of nowhere. She's like, oh, it's my dad's. I wrote down, does she even know how to shoot a gun? They bring that up. She Fisher did? Asked, I think Fisher asks that. It's like, do you even know how to use that or something? And she goes, how hard could it be? Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, she's a <laughs> self-proclaimed, like, liberal, like, peace-loving, vegetarian, vegan. Oh, vegan. Yeah. 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 Or, uh, I was going to say vegetarian virgin. Sorry, not vegan. <laughs> um, pulls out this giant handgun. Penn Badgley has a plastic stake uh, as if he's a vampire, as if Horny is a vampire. Yeah. And then there's also a, a flask. And then they cut to inside the house where Jack is, like, napping. And then all of a sudden, Horny is, like, on Jack's TV with, like, mm-hmm. a grainy, like static background and it's yeah. like these kids are coming you better get ready like yeah he was like warning his dad it was, it was really bizarre yeah um i honestly still don't have an answer for that one <laughs> they find archie's bedroom which is like an underwater lair yeah it's really weird they have these two giant circle windows and you can see through yeah like it's a submarine and yeah and you can see underwater and there's fish, like large fish, like aquarium fish, not like a koi pond. Really weird. And then they, so they find all this stuff in Archie's bedroom. They find a magic eight ball. They find blueprints for an Etch-A-Sketch. They might see the Ouija board, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and and Matt goes, this, this explains a lot. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like... <laughs> So then Penn Badgley's character finds a freezer. Yeah. The basis is already cut up inside. Yeah. And she's already frozen. We saw her not five minutes ago. She's already like iced over in this her, freezer. Her face kind of looked like, um, I forget his name, but in Goodfellas when they find one of the guys in the frozen truck. Oh, yeah. He's on the meat hook and he has like icicles hanging from the Yeah, nose. yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Like that frozen. But yeah. we just saw her we alive. We just saw her. Yeah. Terrible CGI that lasted... This scene lasted a while. So, Horny, yeah. Horny shows up. Um, he slashes Penn Badgley. Mm-hmm. And we don't see, like, where he's hurt. Yeah, because Horny walks, like, towards the camera, blocking Penn Badgley. But, like, for a really long time. Yeah, he's, like, wiping the blood off his axe. And he finally gets out of the way so you can see Penn's character. And he's, like, 
checking himself. He's yeah, like, he's fully moving. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, I think I'm all right. He and then, like, himself down. Yeah, he takes like two steps, and then all of a sudden, it, it like he just slides in half. Horny says, "You've got a lot of guts, kid." And then we cut back to Penn Badgley. He's on the ground, completely in half, still alive. And his guts, like, cough out? Yeah. From his, like... like just shoot wound? out. Yeah. From his torso <laughs> really, onto the ground. Really bizarre. Um, <clears throat> and he's, like, still breathing through that somehow. So then Marsha calls the police. Chase and Crockers get ready. Mm-hmm. They They go to Jack Benjamin's house, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they pull up. Crockers is in like a SWAT outfit with like a shotgun, and then Chase is just like in street clothes with a handgun. Um, yeah. and they're like, "Let's split up. We're gonna find this guy and we're gonna book him." Yep. Um, and then we cut to Mac and Fisher, and they run into Horny. Mm-hmm. Um, he is axing down a door in their face, and Mac immediately drops the gun. Immediately. That was my second shining thing that I thought of. The axe through the door. Oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Fisher and Horny fight, and, like, Fisher rips off the mask, and he has, like, a Darth Vader skull. Yeah. It was really weird. Everything was, like, scarred over. and Yeah. So, like, not only, like, the voice modulator, but his, like, head is all, like, fucked up and wrinkly. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, I wrote down, like, kills Fisher. Like, I thought Fisher was dead. His eyes, like, get all bloodshot. They, like, close in on his eyes. Mm -hmm. And, like, the veins, like... Like, Horny did something to his eyes. Yeah, like, by just looking at his, like, actual face, he... I don't know. And then just launches his body... Out the window. Out the window. So then Horny ties Mac up. Um, Oh, sorry. Before this, Crackers... (laughs) (laughs) Crockers, <laughs> whoever, finds the freezer, um, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, we got some dead kids in here. We need backup. So then Chase is like, call for backup, and she finds Jack Benjamin, and Jack is like, he's going to kill me. Archie's going to kill me. So then Chase is like, you're going to jail, and books him. I, I don't know. It goes nowhere. <laughs> um, Horny ties up Mac, and now they're inexplicably in a Hello Burger. Um, all the bodies are there of the other kids around the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like 18 candles on the cake for Mac's birthday. Yep. He's got a giant can of gasoline. Horny talks straight up to the camera for like... A long period of time. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall. But not in, like, a clever way. It just felt very <laughs> lazy. Um, yeah. And then he, like... Honestly, I don't even know what he said. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was starting to check out at that point. Uh, I, I think he was just going on about, like, you know, how her parent... Like, how her mom was a bitch. Yeah. And, like, you know, like. When when Mac was tied up, it was like a birthday party. Everyone had birthday hats. All the other victims were tied around the chair or the around the table, and it reminded me of um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they had the family around the table, the cannibals, and like I feel like they went into this movie being like, "Oh, we're gonna have a bunch of little like nods to like The Shining or Mm -hmm. or whatnot." and it just, I I appreciate that. 
but the execution was so bad. I mean, it was, I think that it was a self-aware movie, but it was just campy, but like in a not good way. I, I feel like it knew, this is going to sound very cliche, but it knew what it was. Yeah. And I found that out at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. (laughs) So then this is when shit really hits the fan. So Max tied up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Horny's got this giant can of gasoline. He dumps it all over her, um, and then picks up a birthday candle and is about to, like, flick it onto her so she lights on fire. Yeah. I guess to avenge the same fate that he had, (laughs) even though he didn't really die, like, he's still alive. He's about to flick the candle on her, and, uh, Marsha, her mom, shows up and shoots Archie, like, in the mouth where, like, the voice modulator is, even though it makes no difference at A all. A really good shot, by the way. She was outside. Yeah, outside through the window. Yeah. Yeah. She runs inside and, like, frees, I guess, Max's hands, um, and then Horny, like, attacks her. hmm Um, Mac takes a swig out of her flask that is still somehow like in her cargo <laughs> cargo shorts. Yeah. Um and like holds it in her mouth and then Horny like comes back over and is about to do the same thing with the birthday candle and then she spits the alcohol on like in his face on the candle and it turns into a flamethrower. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like the fire spitters and like carnivals. Yeah. When they had fuel in their mouth and then they bring the flame down to their mouth and they But blow. Yeah. But, like, realistically, this would not happen. Like, not at all. You know. So then Horny's on fire. Mm-hmm. Again. Again, yeah. <laughs> Marsha and Mac, like, watch him burn with the killer catchphrase of fast food kills, fucker. They had a little bonding moment. It was sweet. They did, yeah. <laughs> and they don't stick around. I don't know, like, I would love to see the progression of what actually happened with them. To make sure he died. Yeah, I mean, like, they just light this guy on fire and then, like, what, they, like, call an ambulance and, like, wait over on the other side of the parking lot? Like, wouldn't you stand there and, like, watch him? I don't know. (laughs) So, obviously, he's, he escapes. Um, Fisher's alive, we find out, but in the hospital, again. Mm -hmm. No one's arresting the parents. Right. And we go to the hospital and Fisher is possessed. Yeah, that was really weird. Like, he opens his eyes. His Uh eyes are red, like Darth Maul red eyes. And then, like, he just up and jumps out the window. And it's like a four to five story jump. (laughs) And his clothes are on the ground. Like he's just running around naked. Yeah. It looks like there was like a trench coat like left on the parking lot. Like I would. It was really weird. Yeah. So I have more comments about this Fisher thing uh, and him jumping out the window. But yeah. And I wasn't expecting the film to end. But the next scene that we get is the last scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Besides the Avengers level end credit scene, by the way. Um, so the last scene we see crackers in a drive through line for Hella Burger, which like you want to eat Hella Burger after, you know, you just did multiple crime scenes there. I don't even know how they still have this place like in operation 
I mean, like I said, there must be like several of these throughout the city. Yeah. Um, he orders purgatory pepper jack poppers, I believe, or he's offered them. Um, good memory. Yeah. <laughs> great name. Um, and then Horny, uh, the clown jumps out from nowhere and mm-hmm. smashes his windshield and kills him. Yep. And that's it. That end credits roll. Um, <laughs> extremely abrupt ending yeah. with death metal music. Before we get into the end credits and our rating, I do want to make a point that I thought, <laughs> I truly thought that Fisher, you know, was possessed by like the spirit of Archie. I think that would have made sense, but Archie's body is gone. So like, it, like it would have made sense to me if like, Archie's body, like, they found him. Okay, he burned, like, alive. He really is dead this time. Yeah. But the clown is still in the loose because his, like, spirit transferred into Fisher. I really like that idea. I wish that the spirit transfer would have happened earlier in the movie and Hmm. not all the way at the very end. Because then it would have justified all those, like, weird little moments with Of, like, why he was suspicious. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that would have worked way better. Yeah, so we get no answers on Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing that Max says is, like, she looks out the window after he jumped and was like, this isn't over. Um, yeah, so a couple of, like, nods to maybe there's a sequel. A and potential sequel, yeah. My One of my last notes was, please don't tell me there's a sequel. I did look it up while the end credits were rolling and there's no sequel. And this movie came out direct to video, like, d- yeah, direct to video. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like a theatrical release, uh, thank God. Okay. Um, but like, maybe they had plans to make another one? I don't know. Possible, um, yeah. Notable mentions from the end credits, though death metal and hip hop attack themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, had musical th- credits, which I thought was great. Because every time that horny killed somebody, it was like death metal music. Very loud. Like, oh, yeah. The loudest part of the movie. It wasn't... I don't think it was mixed very well. It was very... It was like if you're watching uh, a show on TV, and then all of a sudden the commercials kick on, and the commercials like five times as loud as the show. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. And then we get this beautiful end credit scene that lasts... It must have been a good five minutes. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it like an end credit scene. I think it was just like straight up bloopers, I guess. It seemed like it was starting to be an end credit scene. That's what I I thought at first. We got extra screen time of Crockers at first talking about dysentery. Yeah. Um, and then like we got Val smoking horny dancing for like an uncomfortable amount of time like and not Mm -hmm. like the killer horny like the the clown from the commercials um by the pool and then um everyone's saying horny the clown over and over and over again so many hornies and then lots of smoking lots of weed which honestly wasn't that like prevalent in the movie there was more weed in the end credit yeah. scene than there was in the entire movie. We get Robbie, like shots of Robbie, the cashier, who was the guy from Super Size Me. We get shots of the 420 boys. And then every Hello Burger menu item that has been said throughout the movie. Right. They do like a rundown. So it seems like kind of just like, I don't know, funzy, like end credit scene. And then it turns into like straight up bloopers. <laughs> 
or gag reel. I wrote down, like, yeah. is it behind the scenes? Is it a gag reel? Or is it both? <laughs> I think it's both. Um, I had my last note on here actually was uh, Leighton Meester could be a double for Padme Amidala. There was a, there was, I'll explain. <laughs> there was a scene where um, she kind of looked like Rose Byrne, who was a oh, double yeah. for uh, Natalie Portman in the Star Wars prequel movies yeah and she had like three or four other doubles and i just i thought like it's kind of the same uh like facial structure yeah and just the just the things that i think of when i see stuff i guess i could see that i don't know with the Mm -hmm. highlights i got more amanda bynes vibes Mm. Gotcha. All right. Well, did you have any last notes? No. All right. No. So I, I think th- we can go into our ratings. Yeah. I will I will let you go through your ratings first. So I know for sure that I'm going to give a higher rating than you are. <laughs> and honestly, I think that my rating is a little bit biased because I have some nostalgia factor. Um, I get that. As, like, this was one of my... Uh, like favorite movies <laughs> for a period of time. <laughs> I mean, like I like I must have watched this ten times with my friends in middle school. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> maybe it was the boots. Really loved Horny's boots. <laughs> maybe. So what? What are you gonna give it? I gave it a three out of ten. Oh my god! Three out of ten frights. Oh my god! Okay. Did you? I'm wondering okay, if your review so... went into the negative. No, no, no. I gave it a four out of ten. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's my thing. Um, I <laughs> I originally gave it a two out of ten, but then I realized there's like three or four like kind of half decent, well known actors ish. That we had no idea. It was a complete surprise to me. Like when I saw Larry Joe Campbell's name, I was like, oh, "Okay, the guy from According to Jim." You know, he, he's bound to be in something. And then we saw Janice, and the guy from Final Destination, and Leighton Meester, and Penn Badgley. I want to know why more people like right now aren't talking about this movie. Like, I want to like I want to know the people who watch you. Oh, yeah. And, and then they go into, like, Penn Badgley's IMDb, IMDb and yeah. they're like, oh, what's this movie drive-through? Mm-hmm. And he's got, like, fucking braces, a bicep tattoo, and mm-hmm. a lip ring. Yeah. So, I I bumped it up because of the... I'm just going to call them cameos, because they're, they're better than this. Uh, most of them. Uh, and then I, I ended up bumping up another one just because of the two Shining references. <laughs> Like I, I love that movie so much. So I, I and they weren't even good. I know. References. <laughs> I know, but I had to hold on to something to get me through the movie. So oh, yeah, man. I'll give it. I'll give it a four out of ten, and that's me being just gracious and I love and it. very forgiving. So I'm very surprised that mine is wow. higher than yours. <laughs> I am okay with uh, never seeing this again. Yeah. But I do want to look up the director and the writer and see what else they have worked on. I would be interested in that. Yeah. I really wish there was a sequel. I don't. 
(laughs) (laughs) I will say that this movie has one of my favorite death scenes, and that's Val's death in the microwave. Really? That has stayed with me for like 10 plus years out of middle school. Yeah. Man. Okay. Interesting. That was, that's probably my favorite one. That was definitely a gnarly death. (laughs) Made no sense, but. No. I really dug it. Yeah. Just (laughs) the middle of a gym, a microwave, like the whole cut out at the bottom wasn't even big enough to fit her head through. I don't know. It's just so good. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that is it. So that's our first review yeah. for drive through. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but if you just want to like have a couple laughs with some friends, then I feel like it's a good movie to like throw on and just kind of like, you know, talk and drink or whatever while it's going on. You won't really, you're not going to miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to note while our ratings are probably going to be low for the majority of the movies (laughs) we're watching, that we're still having a good time watching them. Yeah. And it is available to watch for free on Vudu, um, which I think is like the only one that it's free to watch on. Mm -hmm. You can rent it for $4. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on Apple TV, but please save your money. <laughs> yeah, use those $4 for, like, Reese's PCs or... Yeah. <laughs> or something. Anything else. I, I know I'm looking forward to watching a hell of a lot more underrated, a hella, overrated. Hello, a hell of a lot more. Oh! <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Yep, see you next time.